By the end of tonight, will Aaron Rodgers be a member of the Green Bay Packers any longer? This NFL draft has been completely taken over by Aaron Rodgers and what his future is. It's a special edition of Ken Levick Alive on this night one of the NFL draft Thursday night. And we come to you from the NFL draft party at PBKC, the Paddock Restaurant. It is beautiful and uh, it is going to get ramped up here as we get closer and closer to the first pick of the NFL draft. Presumably, Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that will kick us off, but it is all Aaron Rodgers. It is all what in the world are the Packers going to do? Aaron Rodgers is unhappy. The Packers are in a tough spot. We're going to be joined by Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl champion, Steelers great Santonio Holmes later on in this show, and we're also going to talk with the boss here at PBGC, our friend, Pat Rooney Jr. We got a lot to do in the next hour. He's Chris Coquel. I'm Ken Levicka. It's Ken Levicka Live. Well, Coquel, uh, you and I just sort of thought we were coming here to PBKC and we were going to put a uh, bow on what our draft preview has been throughout the course of the week. And then a bomb dropped. And it happened around 3.30 today. And it started with Adam Schefter jumping on NFL Live and discussing Aaron Rodgers. And it sounded like this. Aaron Rodgers has told certain members of the organization that he does not want to return to the Green Bay Packers. And this is an issue that has gone on throughout the course of the offseason, so much so that each of the Packers' main individual decision makers, the each taken trips, fly out and meet with him to see if they could change his mind and convince him to come back to Green Bay, which he does not want to do at this point in time. But to date, Aaron Rodgers has not budged. And thus, the 49ers called the Green Bay Packers last night, and the Packers said we're not trading him. And the Los Angeles Rams called in January, and they were told no. And a short time ago, basically the general manager, Brian Gutekunst, issued this statement. As we've stated since the season ended, we are committed to Aaron in 2021 and beyond. Aaron has been a vital part of our success, and we look forward to competing for another championship with him leading our team. But the fact of the matter is, there are other members of the organization that don't know if and when Aaron Rodgers will show back up in Green Bay. He's going through a lot of change in his life right now. He's engaged to be married. He hosted Jeopardy during the offseason, and I don't think he's particularly happy right now being in Green Green Bay, and I think this dates back, ironically enough, to the draft last year. They traded up to draft a quarterback, and not only did they trade up to draft a quarterback, but they didn't tell him in advance, and obviously we've seen a lot of cryptic comments from Aaron Rodgers. He's not happy in Green Bay. And uh, it might not be up to the Packers any longer, Coquel, because it seems like Aaron Rodgers wants out, and he wants out yesterday the reigning mvp wants out in this completely changes the scope of the draft tonight i think if you're any team that's drafting you have to make a call to green bay before you submit your card right yeah i don't care who you are if i'm the jaguars i think about it if i'm the jets with all their draft capital if i'm the hometown miami dolphins i look at Tua and say hey you can have Tua and love battle it out you can have our two first round picks because if they get Rodgers with their defense ready, they're contenders. Well, let's discuss this then, because what are you giving up? And the Dolphins absolutely should make a call. The Raiders absolutely should make a call if the West Coast is something where Aaron Rodgers is dead set on. Uh, of course, uh, the San Francisco 49ers, who we learned when we were on Ken Levick Alive today at noon, 
We learned that the 49ers offered Jimmy Garoppolo their third-round pick and several other picks last night for Aaron Rodgers. And at the time, we just thought to ourselves, ah, at least you're swinging for the fences, uh, but it's laughable. That would never happen. And then what we didn't know was how far along this apparently is. Apparently, Aaron Rodgers, since January, has had the Packers flying out to California, meeting with Packers representatives, that there have been issues with the two sides. This is nothing new, which is sort of why uh, the Rams reached out before they traded for Matthew Stafford, which is why the 49ers are reaching out. But let's come up with a package here, because Aaron Rodgers is going to be 38 years old this upcoming NFL season. Aaron Rodgers is an aspiring game show host now. He has said his dream job is Jeopardy. He got his shot. He did a very, very good job. Aaron Rodgers, though, also is the reigning MVP of the NFL, coming off of uh, really five yards away from going to the Super Bowl this past season. But also, Aaron Rodgers is notoriously difficult. If you're a team, a GM trying to put something together, I believe that you send, I I know he's 38, but I would give up my quarterback and I would give up two, maybe three first-round picks to go get the reigning MVP. If you're serious about winning and serious about winning now, even if it means you mortgage the future, what do you say about that? If you think you can win a Super Bowl, you don't worry about the future. If you think you have a shot to compete and win a Super Bowl in the next three years with Aaron Rodgers, not the, the five years after that doesn't matter as you recoup yep. whatever you gave up. Yep. Yeah, you'll have a downtime after, but if you can win a Super Bowl, that changes the whole legacy of your franchise. Think about a loser organization like my New York Jets, right? If they win a Super Bowl, all that other stuff is gone now, and even if they lose for a few years after, you have that Super Bowl to point to. I would take a decade of trying to get back to respectability if it meant I could go get Aaron Rodgers and it meant that I could win a Super Bowl this year or next year. Again, though, you don't know if Aaron Rodgers uh, is going to just go bolt for his game show life, but I, I, I have my doubts about that, but that's something you have to take a, a account of if you're a general manager. I think he's doing a lot of that. Other, I do think he wants to do Jeopardy, but I think he can do Jeopardy and play football, I think he's doing a lot of the other stuff as a way out. Clearly, like you said, this has been going on for a long time because one of the arguments I've seen on social media is, well, no one's going to be able to put together that trade right away. Sure they are. But if they've been meeting, they've had these thoughts. The Packers can say they're not trading them. They have a spot. It's like the million-dollar man used to say in the WWF. Everybody's got a price. Yep. There is a price to get Aaron Rodgers. Well, the 49ers reportedly offered Jimmy G, the third-round pick, several players from the roster, and draft picks to Green Bay last night and were rebuffed. If I'm the Dolphins, Tua, eighth-round pick, uh, number six pick, number 18 pick, and hell, I'd go a first-round pick next year and say, hey, Packers, are you interested? The Dolphins have so many picks in these next two years. You can unload all. Use the equity oh, you, for something. You can use all of it and keep Tua. Yep. They don't want Tua. Tua's not any better than Jordan Love that we know of. They may say we have our quarterback in Jordan Love. Sure. If you can hold on to Tua, give away two years worth of first and second rounds, because for the Dolphins, that's a lot. We talked about it earlier today at 12-1. to 1. Ken Living Alive, we talked about how they have the, all the picks, two first-rounders, two second-rounders. 
They can do that again next year. That's a lot, but it's only two years worth of draft capital. Let's call it breaking the bank, okay? Let's call this a break the bank. You send a young quarterback or your starting quarterback and three first-round picks to the Green Bay Packers for 38-year-old surly but reigning MVP Aaron Rodgers. Do you do it? We take your calls, 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN, 888-760-ESPN. Do you break the bank for Aaron Rodgers? And this isn't just, oh, it's a report and it's out there and it just speculate sports talk radio people. Uh-uh, uh-uh. This actually, uh, you've got pro football talk reporting that Rodgers last night encouraged the Packers to take the deal and trade him to San Francisco. Trey Wingo, formerly of ESPN, anchored the draft coverage last year. He reported that... As of last night, Rodgers was convinced he was headed to San Francisco. Not only that, but uh, uh, apparently Aaron Rodgers, uh, the Packers told Aaron Rodgers they were going to trade him in the offseason. Then they backed away from that, and that is what's really created this rift between the two sides. And within the last week, Rodgers told the team unequivocally, I'm not coming back, trade or no trade. This is real. This could happen tonight. If it doesn't happen tonight, there could be a team drafting someone to trade to the Packers June 1st when it's no longer a $31.5 million cap hit to go get Aaron Rodgers. So are we going to speculate now? Any pick that looks like it's, why did they take that? That's not a need position. Oh, wait, this could be for a Rodgers trade. I and Tim Kawakami of The Athletic in San Francisco speculated this. If the San Francisco 49ers go completely out of the realm of what we thought they were going to do with a quarterback, whether it be Mac Jones or Justin Fields or Trey Lance, and they go get Kyle Pitts, it's a pretty good bet. They, at least in principle, have a deal with the Packers to get Aaron Rodgers come June 1st. And Evan Cohen, he can hear 5-6. to six. His kids will have free college on Mike, Mike Tannenbaum. Mike Tannenbaum's got him taken care of. Would you break the bank for 38-year-old surly aspiring game show host and, oh yeah, reigning MVP Aaron Rodgers? This is a real deal. This could happen. Eight 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN. Bill is in Juno Beach. Bill, you're on a special edition of Ken Levick Alive on Draft Night. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for Good. taking the call. You got a Bill. Can you hear me all right? Hear okay. you perfect, Bill. Listen, I think, I think uh, Miami is a great place, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't break the bank. I think if they give the quarterback and their first two, uh, that's, so basically that's three first-rounders they're given for Rodgers. Who's yeah. 38 years old, right? I think that's enough. They don't want to take it. They don't take it. Miami keeps the picks. They'll be good in two years. What do you think, Thanks though, B- Bill? What do you think if they go, gave, ahead, go ahead? If they keep Tua but give away three first rounders, two this year, one next well, year, but they keep two. Tua. Well, that's I don't know what Tua's going to do. He's going to be sitting on the bench for three years, so that's a waste. Well, I mean, uh, d- I don't d- know. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that if they offer up Tua, it immediately becomes a Tua versus Jordan Love quarterback competition up there in Green Bay if he does head to the Packers. And boy, has Jordan Love created a lot of problems up there. None of his doing. Right. What did the he Packers do? Yeah, I, I mean, but man, this is, and Bill, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, this is, in my lifetime, Coquel, I can't remember another more fascinating NFL draft day, draft night, and it's because of a future Hall of Fame quarterback, which is what's making it the most fascinating draft night we've ever seen. This reminds me of the Bo Callahan draft. Stop with draft day. 
Stop with draft That's day. That's not right, we talked, No, draft day Dante is Mac. not a tradition. Oh. The movie draft day is not a tradition during draft week. You're making those things up. When we come back here, we continue to take your calls for a PBKC Paddock Restaurant for their NFL draft night party. We've got Steelers fans rolling through. They're hoping for potentially a running back or a corner. We'll dive into that later on in the program. But a former Steelers great, a Super Bowl MVP, and a native of Palm Beach County, Bell Glade. I got beef with Santonio San right Uh-oh. now. Uh-oh. So. Well, we'll address that when Santonio San Holmes, the great Santonio San Holmes, joins us next here from PBKC at the Paddock Restaurant. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Lavica. It's a special NFL draft edition of Ken Lavica live on ESPN 106.3. Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken and Coquel. My life be like... We return to PBKC, Paddock Restaurant, NFL Draft Night, and the first pick will get going around 8 o'clock Eastern Time. He's Coquel, I'm Ken LaVica, and it is Aaron Rodgers drama galore, Packers drama galore by the end of the night. Will uh, the Green Bay Packers still have Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback? That remains to be seen. And joining us now is a man who knows a thing or two about draft nights. Uh, He went uh, after an illustrious career at Ohio State to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the first round of the 2006 NFL Draft and then went on to, oh yeah, win a championship and a Super Bowl MVP, the Bell Glade native and the Pittsburgh Steelers legend Santonio Holmes with us here from PBKC. Santonio, good to see you again, man. Last time I saw you was the uh, Cherubundi Boca Raton Bowl luncheon and then the whole world fell apart shortly thereafter that. It's good to be in person with you again and I have to imagine draft night brings back a lot of memories for you. Oh, absolutely. Um, just putting on the headset brings back a lot of memories, uh, <laughs> you know, to, to flashbacks of uh, football and um, you know, doing interviews, you know, afterwards. Yeah. But, uh, man, this is a very special night, you know, for these young men. Uh, they're, they're about to endure, you know, a lifetime yep. of, uh, you know, happiness. And, um, you know, some people may, uh, you know, be a little disappointed in themselves for, for getting you know, not getting drafted in the first round. Um but at the end of the day, you know, it's about what you bring to the table and, um, you know, how you present yourself uh, uh, approaching this business. It's uh, no longer just a game. It's mm-hmm. no longer just football. Uh, you're no longer going to class and meetings. You're, you're combining that with your entire day, you know, uh, uh, that you're going to be spending at this office uh, for the next, you know, three to five or, you know, however many years you do uh, at this point. So um, being, being able to approach it, you know, with, with the mindset of uh, I'm, I'm going to be the best businessman I could possibly be, uh, is, is, it should be the mindset. Oh, on your draft night, as you're preparing, uh, were you nervous? Because you're not – I've, I've known you for quite a while, and you're not uh, lacking confidence. Uh, were you nervous? Did you, did you know kind of what to expect during the night? Like, were you uh, stressing over what to wear? How did that whole thing go down for San Antonio Holmes? Uh, I wasn't stressing about being drafted in the first round. It was more so stressing about when was I going to get picked and where was I sure. going to go. Sure, Uh Hearing, you know, talks of you being a, a number one receiver, you know, taking in the top ten pick, 
to you being, you know, in the middle of the first round to, you know, landing, you know, late in the in the, in the first round, um, I was super excited just to be drafted. Yeah. Uh, I sat down with my mom and, and my kids at the time, and I just realized that this was going to be a moment that's going to change, you know, all sure. of our lives forever. Sure. So. Uh, whatever happens on this night, you know, I, I'm just going to be ready for it. And I uh, held back my emotions, you know, as much as I could. But the tears of joy, I think they, they slid out uh, right <laughs> after, you know, I got that uh, that, that phone call sure. saying, you know, this is it. How much for people being drafted is the nerves of – because we never look at it as fans of, you know, we're going to pick where we live to work our jobs. We don't get right. picked to go move somewhere and go. How much is it like – Oh, man, am I going to end up in Buffalo or not to just throw out a city or am I going to end up in some other city that you may not like? How much does that go into the nerves? Oh, it plays a big part in how you approach the game, you know, because this is your life now. This is this is going to determine where you spend the rest, you know, these next four years, uh, how you, you perform in this place, because if the city doesn't embrace you, you know, how do you embrace it? How do you you feel wanted when yeah. – the yeah. city is already, you know, in such a, a, a disaster or whatnot. Uh, makes it a little bit difficult on, you know, how your nerves are going to feel during that time because you're expecting to be in the best place because this is your moment of, of your life. This is the draft. This is what everybody wants to be a part of if you're playing a professional uh, sport. It's to, 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 you know, show up in the draft and – it really does matter, you know, where these guys uh, end up playing at. Yeah, I spent 36 hours in Buffalo. I couldn't imagine getting drafted there. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but, uh, if the uh, Buffalo Bills would have took me in the top five pick, you guess what? You're going to Buffalo. Buffalo yep. Bills. Yep. Sign me up. I'll handle the snow. Uh, San Antonio Holmes with us. Pittsburgh Steelers legend. We are at PBKC Paddock Restaurant, their NFL draft party. San Antonio, always good to us here at ESPN 106.3. He's hanging out with us here uh, at PBKC. Uh, I want to pick your Ohio State brain because because Coquel and I, we, I know Trevor Lawrence is going number one. But I think from top to bottom, full intangibles, athleticism, arm, intelligence on the field, and ability, Justin Fields is the best quarterback in this draft. I, I think he's a stud. I called his first ever game at Ohio State when FAU went up there. The dude runs a 4-3, as a quarterback and has huge arm strength. Uh, but... Also, there are some mock drafts that have him falling into maybe the teens, potentially. What do you make of Justin Fields and things that have been said about him and the type of quarterback he is? Uh, first and foremost, um, the draft is 90% built on what one specific team needs. Sure, that's a good it's point. It's not about yeah. whatever guy is still on the board uh, at whatever particular time. The, the teams have decided who would be where at whatever particular time, and it's a business yeah. and, and, and from there. So if Justin Fields is on the on the board, you know, in this particular team, see that this is a great business move for them to make, um, they're going to they're gonna make it. Um, but when I think about Justin Fields and what I saw from him, you know, playing at Ohio State and how he came in and, you know, took control and leadership of the team uh, in front of, you know, hundreds of thousands of fans to playing in front of no fans. Uh, he, he was still that, that complete quarterback that uh, no matter what elements, uh, you know, were thrown at him and obstacles, he was able to overcome mm-hmm. them. And you didn't have to hear Justin Fields talk. Everyone now is doing the talking for Justin Fields. Sure. And if that is the case for an individual, um, actions have been spoken louder 
than those words that are came from the horse's mouth because the horse did its job to be the front runner, you know, in this position right yep. now. And the success of his uh, his lustrous, you know, college career uh, has allowed him to be able in position right now yeah. to endure a lifetime, you know, worth of happiness. To me, that speaks for itself. And uh, I just wanted to ask you real quick, as far as thick skin is concerned in this process, because there's a lot of people, not you, that say a lot of things. You had criticisms coming out of Ohio State back in 2006. Do you take those things personally? Did you try to avoid all that? What was the pre-draft lead-up like for you from that standpoint? I listened to a lot of the negative criticism and the positive. Uh, I worked on the things that were talked about that weren't seen Mm -hmm. uh, from me. And I think it made me a complete wide receiver. Um, my performance uh, in production over my, my career uh, shows that 60, 70 guys ahead of me with the number of stats that I have could not put up the kind of numbers that I had put up. Sure, sure. Now, you played in major markets in Pittsburgh and then in New York, big-time sports markets. How much does Ken brings up having thick skin? How much does that play in? Because, again, I'm going to go back to being a Jets fan. Jets are taking Zach Wilson over Justin Fields. I don't get it. It's going to bother me all he night. He looks like I, he's going to prom yeah, tonight. He looks, it's going to drive me. My whole night's ruined already. <laughs> Jets have two first-rounders. My night's uh, ruined. But how much does that play into picking someone? Or is it a real thing, or is that something that us in the media want to feel like we have an impact by saying, I don't know if they can handle our media market? <laughs> uh, the media market, um, they're going to sell what needs to be sold. And if the cards play into their favor, they're going to win always because majority always wins. Yep. And if there's enough people behind backing either or, whichever side the cards play on yep. is what's going to win. Yep. Um, having thick skin and understanding that you are always out to beat the odds, that's the reason why these individuals are in the position they are. Because when you do the math and numbers don't lie, that over 300-ish thousand individuals are playing high school football every year. Yeah. Over yep. 30,000 of them make it to be on Division One college uh, uh, campuses. But then it breaks down to 3,000 guys maybe entering their senior year and want to go into the draft to only 300, two, less than 300 guys getting drafted. And to be one of those ones that you've always – had to have the thickest of skin to defeat all odds that have been thrown in, in your way to be in the position that you're in. You know how to overcome it all, Ray. Absolutely. And 10 of those 30 are probably from Bell Glade. Ah, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Hey, the numbers don't lie. That's right. They do not lie. <laughs> San Antonio Holmes, one of those products of Bell Glade with us here. PBKC Paddock Restaurant, uh, Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, there is a big-time crop of receivers in this draft, and the Dolphins, we'll talk about them in a moment here uh, later on in the show. Uh, they are likely, likely going to get a wide receiver, whether it be Jamar Chase, unless he goes to Cincinnati, reunites with Joe Burrow, Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, uh, outstanding Alabama receiver, Jalen Waddell also in the discussion. Uh, The the modern-day receiver, uh, especially youngsters like this, how different are they? What is the difference playing receiver now than than when you played even the late stages of your career? Is there a difference? Uh, There's a big difference in the game today. there are four and five receivers lining up on a football field uh, every time during this day and age. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it plays into the quarterback's hands that this is the style that, that people want to see, you know, happen. Um, back when I was watching football in the 80s and 90s, there were only two receivers on the football field, and you had to be one of those best guys to, to get on that, really in had that to position. Earn that, yeah. So to know how it plays out today, I'm a little disappointed in the uh, <laughs> in the outcome, but it's uh, it's given more opportunities to the game uh, uh, because there are so many receivers that uh, that that play this position and don't get an opportunity to really play this game. So the transformation of how uh, the organizations have put it on uh, the receivers to now become, you know, more prominent players in this game, uh, allowed the defensive backs more opportunities to get, Mm -hmm. you know, drafted and uh, picked up. And and, uh, they're always on the clock, you know, always. uh, If you're if you haven't been drafted, uh, somebody can go down. And if you're still on that that team's draft board uh, from the year before or whatnot, you know, they still have an opportunity to come after you. So the way the game has expanded to that, That's to an interesting way that, to put it. I've never thought about it from that standpoint, but you're exactly right, Coquel. Uh, I'm just looking at Ryan Day's beard dye job on the, one of the million TVs here in the Paddock restaurant. <laughs> I'm not taking fields anymore because because of that big <laughs> dye job he's got. That's embarrassing. Coach, come on now. Uh, I want to I wanna wrap with this, Antonio, and I, uh, I'm glad you're here. Someone who is a longtime veteran, someone who uh, – Earned his money, got his money, was able to cash in in free agency as well. Um, But there is a a situation brewing now in Green Bay with an established veteran, not only an established veteran, but a future Hall of Famer, where he basically has said, hey, I don't owe you guys anything anymore. I want out. I don't like the way things have been run. I feel like you haven't maximized what I am. I am Aaron Rodgers. And, of course, Fans are going to say, fine, whatever. He cries. What a crybaby. Fine. Bye. See ya. That standpoint is funny to me, though, because Aaron Rodgers is, in my mind, still the best quarterback in the NFL and does things no other quarterback can do. When you see this happening now, it seems like there's a stalemate between one of the most popular players in NFL history and one of the most storied franchises in NFL history. You, NFL veteran, who has seen a lot of things and been in a lot of locker rooms and talked with a lot of front office members, you think what? Hearing uh, Aaron Rodgers' situation in understanding his uh his cry for help uh, we as players don't get an opportunity to really voice ourselves because we value the opinion of our peers but we also respect how the media engages mm-hmm. in the confrontation to enhance all types of media it's scrutinized from the way it's being said or when it's being said or how it's being said, but at the end of the day, it's the same words, whether they were said softly, whether they were said nicely, or they were said, you know. So when you look at uh, Aaron Rodgers' situation, um, he has the right to demand, you know, what what he likes, and uh, if there's a team that is willing to put up, you know, with that attitude and understand that this is the the attitude that you want of a champion, someone that wants to build and wants to win, that's going to continue fighting, his play has spoken enough for who he is and how uh, he's going to get down to business no matter what team he plays for. He has already opened up that gate to let every team know, you know, at this point that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm open. And, open for uh, business. I but think. Uh, can know, he go back in that locker room? Uh, yes, he can go back in that locker room. 
Do the players because don't get mad? They don't get offended? Or, is it, or does everyone accept that that's the business side, this is the locker room side? Uh, yes. It's, like I said, it's a media thing. When, it, when yeah. it becomes a question now that you're asking, every man has to fend for himself at the end of the day because the media is not going to fend for him to make sure his check and his kids are paid or they're fed or they're, they're closing their back or their school they're going to. No one's concerned about that. We're only concerned about what the he said, who got the first news said, and whatnot. And that's never the case between the players in the locker room. It's understanding how you respect the individual for what they're, what they're doing. The situation, you know, having Ryan Clark, uh, you know, speak for ESPN, he has a great voice for understanding mm-hmm. what to talk about and how to talk about sure. it. He understands that those things were never confrontated in, in our locker room. But when it comes to him reiterating the, how it should be interpreted on the media, this is who you're going to get. You're going to get his side of his version of how it should be or what it, what it could be, you know, yeah. in any situation. So uh, us as players, we understand that what happens in the locker room, it's about business. And uh, at the end of the day, any organization in the front office, they're going to write the checks or sign the checks or, you know, cancel the checks or <laughs> void the checks, you yeah. know, yeah. to whoever they want to. So they have the right to do that. And is every it, player uh, has a right. Is it accurate to say that uh, in a hypothetical Green Bay Packers wide receiver, Santonio Holmes would welcome Aaron Rodgers back into that locker room with open arms? Oh, no doubt about it because <laughs> he's coming back to win. He That's ain't right. coming back here for none of the BS with the media. Uh, he's going to avoid all that confrontation by going out and playing his hardest and showing up to practice and inviting the guys over to his house and uh, doing the things that he's been doing to keep these uh, receivers, you know, happy and healthy uh, and playing with him, you know, up until this point. He wouldn't even want to leave. You should have seen what the flight boys did for the Jets when Antonio was there. That's right. Everybody wanted to be a part of that. That's right. I miss those guys, man. (laughs) Oh, my God. Jericho, Kotri, Brad Smith. Uh, Braylon. Uh, oh, my God. You guys dude. were fun. There was I a fun team. It was exciting. Man. Yes, we had so much fun. Uh, I know you won a lot with the Steelers, but, man, your Jets your Jets run was fun. Oh, yeah, we had three good years. We really did. Uh, it was some fun times. You know? Santoni- I missed that defense, though. You know? <laughs> Going up against those guys in practice. That was a nice day. luxury to <laughs> have. Man, hey. <laughs> those guys were set up to win, you know, at all costs, and I did. I just didn't understand it. It was so difficult to beat that defense in practice yeah. uh, to then understanding how uh, Coach Ryan and, um, and those guys had that defense rocking, you know, for the Jets for, the, for that long. Uh, your guy, speaking of your guy, Bart Scott, uh, comes on after us here on ESPN. Can't wait. Yep. And he, uh, <laughs> he was – Trevor Lawrence had come out with the Sports Illustrated uh, feature where he said, like, oh, I don't, I don't really manufacture chip on my shoulder. Like, football is great, but it's not, it's not something that I absolutely need. And Bart Scott was saying, man, if that rookie came into my locker room and said that, I got, I got mouths to feed. I got family members to help. I slap him right in the face. He'd find like, that chip. I'm like, man, Listen. that's the Jets. That's yeah. that Jets personality right there. When you, well, that's that's the Bart Scott of the Baltimore Ravens. That's the attitude that yeah. a guy that is fighting for his life, playing that Southern Illinois, to you know not being drafted to playing, you know what, 30 years in the NFL. You know, mm-hmm. like Bart Scott dedicated his life to this, to to understanding that you know I can do this game and. And you're coming here saying you don't really have a chip on your shoulder that this isn't. No, I, I need you to come in you here and want to one. feed yeah. every freaking mouth in here because yep. it's your responsibility as the head as the head quarterback to lead this team. So therefore, my mouth is being de- dependent on on how you 
you perform. Yep. So I need you to come in here with a chip on your shoulder. So to take that one, you know, he definitely has the right to say, you know, that at all costs that. You don't allow a rookie to want uh, to come in with that kind of mindset that your attitude should be to come in here and win. Yep. We're not here in college to build four-year relationships, you know, with friends and teach them how to play the game. No, this is a straight-up business. Yep. From the day you sign this, this uh, they, they sign your name on that draft card, this is, this is a business. From that day on, you are under the business microscope now. You're not under a college microscope where someone's out here prospecting to see if you got potential. No, you're going to either make this thing happen or you're going to be cut, period. There is no – it's pretty black and white. <laughs> no it's pretty black it. and white. Uh, Santonio, awesome to uh, to catch up with you. Thank you for hanging out with us, and thank you for being here. Uh, Santonio Holmes, always great. And, again, he had he had his draft night back in 2006, first round to Pittsburgh out of Ohio State, and uh, had a damn good NFL career. He's got the Super Bowl ring. He's got the Super Bowl MVP. We talked about the Fly Boys. What a resume for Santonio Holmes. And, uh, and again, thank you for always being good to us at ESPN 106.3. So uh, have a great rest of the night and we'll catch up soon okay all right yes sir thank you guys for having me on man i really appreciate this uh, opportunity uh, just to sit down and just share you know a moment in my life and uh you know looking forward to to seeing some excited faces tonight and uh, you know good luck to these guys in their careers moving forward and um you know shout out to to Steeler nation you know here we go love it. building uh and um yes Ohio State Buckeyes that are that are getting drafted. Um, you know, to the guys that that may not get drafted uh, tonight. You know, continue to set your mark just as you did uh, the day you came in to be a Buckeye. Uh, continue with that same kind of fight and uh, attitude. And um, you know, I wish everybody well. And I hope some of these kids uh, get paid and make some moms happy. The pride of the muck, the pride of Belle Glade, the pride of Glade Central, San Antonio Holmes with us here at PBKC. Back with more after this. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick, and we're live on ESPN 106.3. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken LaVica and Chris Coquel. Man, what was PBKC thinking letting us two out of the house tonight and come to Paddock Restaurant and host their NFL draft show? And all the festivities are underway here at PBKC, their NFL draft party. Doors are open, the buffet is rolling, the drinks are flowing, the gambling's going, and the first pick of the NFL draft is going to be 8 o'clock Eastern time. Trevor Lawrence, who we're looking at right now, that flowing hair, those locks going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, but the entire Higher draft has been taken over by Aaron Rodgers and the soap opera now that is the Green Bay Packers. He's Coquel. I am Ken Lavica, and we're joined now by a longtime friend, uh, and he is the president of PBKC, former Florida Congressman Pat Rooney Jr. with us here on ESPN 106.3. And uh, uh, Pat, uh, we came here tonight thinking that we were going to kick things off discussing what the Dolphins were going to do at six or what the 49ers were going to do at three, and now all of a sudden it is Aaron Rodgers. All Aaron Rodgers, and uh, there could legitimately be something significant that happens tonight with Aaron Rodgers and his future with the Green Bay Packers. I can't remember 
I can't think of anything like this where a reigning MVP now has his team backpedaling, uh, being held hostage, and he may switch teams after that type of season. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's just bizarre, Ken, if, if you continue to think about this. I was driving over here from, from my office, and I just happened to call my son. Uh, just see what was going on. He's like, "Well, what do you think about Aaron Rodgers?" I'm like, "What are you What are you talking about? You mean <laughs> He's host, good. hosting Jeopardy? I thought he did all right." <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, for something like this to evolve, I I I, I don't believe. Maybe I'm cynical or, or however you want to characterize it, but I, things always seem to happen now for some reason. There's some reason that Aaron Rodgers decided right now, just before the draft. Literally, you know, a couple hours before the draft to make this announcement. We all know he hasn't been super happy since they drafted uh, Jordan, Jordan Love, Love right. last year. So I get that. And then after the NFC Championship, he's making some comments. But from for the most part, he's been relatively quiet since then. So I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Obviously, he does not want to play for the Packers at this point. I don't think it's about money, believe it or not. I agree. I think it's something Something else is going on. He either doesn't want to play anymore or he specifically does not want to play for the Packers. Well, Coquel, your hypothetical was interesting when we talked earlier about how uh, the 49ers, we heard today, we talked about on our show, the 49ers offering that deal. Yeah, the 49ers apparently had offered a deal, and the reports came out that the, um, the Steelers, excuse me, that the Packers said no. So we think that then, all right, you're going to put that out there, that you're saying no to the Niners because that's where he seems to want to go. His people now said, all right, well, we're going to put this out and force your hand a little Enjoy bit. your draft night. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and again, that that could be part of whatever this plan is, uh, if there is a plan. But, I, 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 like I said, generally guys, especially Aaron Rodgers, beyond being a, a great player, I think the guy's super smart. Mm-hmm. So something else is, is percolating. Maybe we'll find out. You know, in the next uh, hour or so before the draft really gets underway. But, yeah, there's something going on. He's had a lot of life changes between Jeopardy and also he's recently engaged and getting ready to get married. Maybe that's not where he wants to start his family. We always forget that the players are people as well with families. And, that, and again, that is a great point. Maybe he's just come to the realization, hey, I've got maybe three years left and, and you know, money is an issue. I'll, I'll grant you that. But at this stage, maybe it is something more like I'm going to hopefully be starting a family Nothing against Green Bay, but I've, I'm I'm from the West Coast. That's where I feel most comfortable, and that's where I want to raise the kids. I. Uh- as we talk with Pat Rooney Jr., president of PBKC, and we are thrilled to be on here at Paddock Restaurant for their NFL draft party. What an outstanding setup. Um, uh, we, we asked this question at the beginning of the show. The quote-unquote break the bank. If you send the Packers your starting quarterback or a young quarterback, and we can use the Dolphins in this hypothetical with Tua, or the West Coast teams that have been mentioned with interest, 49ers, Broncos, Raiders, and then three first-round draft picks. And for the Dolphins' case, uh, two this year, their first next year. Uh, this is a 38-year-old quarterback next year. He is surly. We know that. He's an aspiring game show host. But also, he's the reigning damn MVP. Do you, would you give up that haul to go get 38-year-old Aaron Rodgers? Listen, if you're if you're asking me that question for that team, no. I, you, you're, you're, again, everybody wants to compare themselves to Tom Brady and the fact that he sure. seems like he's going to play at least 50 at a super <laughs> high level. That is a beyond an aberration. There's nobody like him, and there's not going to be anybody like him, in my opinion. Rodgers looks like he's in excellent shape. Looks like he can still throw the ball on a dime. All that kind of stuff. But but generally, you have to look at what happens in life, and most guys, you've seen those statistics, over 40, that's it. Most I, I'm taking Brady out of this. Most guys can't 
throw it anymore. Look at Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning looked great for the first couple of years with the, the Broncos. Then that last year, you know, when he, when he stuck around, they still they ended up uh, winning the world championship. But, it, but his arm just didn't see, no. You could see he clearly did not have that zip on it. And that was just in a six-month period where it seemed like it went from being – the, the Peyton Manning that we do to nothing. Yeah, and Drew Brees went through that this year, too. Drew Brees ball did Absolutely. not look the same at all. Absolutely. So I wouldn't do it, is if you're asking me, but that's me. I'm saying give the two ones, give the two twos this year, one next year, and keep to it. Tua sits on the bench till Rodgers is done. Yeah. Everybody's happy. Uh, Go after it. Go for a title. They have the defense. They have the coach. Take a run at a title. Yeah. Now, if you're if you're a team, and I'm I'm going through my mind right now, but if you're a team that you think everything is set up for you, but for whatever reason the quarterback position isn't quite there, like the Niners, maybe maybe then you say, all right, let's go for this for the next couple of years, see if we can get a Super Bowl out of it, and and, and take our chance. But not, I would not do it if I was the Dolphins. No way. I I just wouldn't even think about because that's that's crushing your team. Um, you know, for, for the foreseeable future if you did that. Uh, let's talk about the Steelers because we haven't gotten to them yet, and it would be blasphemy if we came out here and did not discuss the, uh, the Steelers here. I think it's in here. the contract. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, I was going to say the fine guys. print dictated we yes. had to discuss it. Let me this. hide my Jets mask <laughs> for a second. Um, but, uh, so you've got Mike Tomlin with the contract extension. Ben Roethlisberger is coming back, restructured the contract. And, uh, you know, I, I am – it's funny. We were talking about it today on the show. I hate mock drafts, but I can't stop looking at them all the time. Uh, and so – I just look at most of the mock drafts have the Steelers going with a running back, whether it's Najee Harris from Alabama, whether it's Travis Etienne from Clemson. Do you think that's where the Steelers are going to go, bolster the backfield? If if Harris is there, I think they're going to take him. If Etienne's there, and I like him, I went to Clemson, so I, I've watched him mm-hmm. for the last four years, and you know he's, he's a great player. Um, but I think if Harris is there, they'll take him. If he's not there, I, I still think they go O-lineman. The Steelers... You know, as we talked about you know, on the show a couple of days ago, I, they, their offensive line is in shambles right now. We, we lost Marquise Pouncey. Villanueva is probably gone. Matt Filer was one of our, our offensive linemen and played every position, basically. He's gone. DeCastro is getting up there. Uh, we, we, we need help all along that offensive line. And, you know, if you, if you look objectively at things, Ken, uh, the, the Steelers, are, are, I know they're going for, for this one more year. I think they're going to have a tough time in that division doing anything yeah. better than third. Agreed. So, so let's look at it seriously long term. You've got to start building that O-line now. These guys take years to develop. If you're going to get good again, say in three, four, five years, that's when those guys will you know, be mature and they'll be ready to kick some butt. A running back, it's well proven. They've got about four to five-year lifespan in yep. the league. Yep. You're going to get a guy. My dad made a you know, just before we came on the air, he's like, who the Giants take a couple of years ago? Best running back in the league, Saquon Barkley. The poor guy, because there's nothing to help. He has no help. He is the best running back, but you know he ends up getting hurt because there's, there's he has nobody to help him take the pressure off him. So as great as Harris is, and as much as I'd love to see him in a black and gold uniform, I just almost think it'd be a, a waste to have a guy like that for four or five years. And you, you, you know, after next year, you're probably going to be struggling after that for a few years. Yeah. There's all this talk of Justin Fields sliding down the draft to spots that no one could think possible. 
if he fell all the way to the Steelers. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was a short, quick, simple right, answer. I, I absolutely think, you, you know, again, nothing against Big Ben. He's been great for our team and, and great, you know, brought us a couple Super Bowls. But it's over. It's, as my son says, it's over, Johnny. We got to get, we got to get a quarterback. Dwayne Haskins isn't the answer. Mason Rudolph isn't the answer. We've got, we've got to get some young guy in there. Again, give him a couple years. The team's going to be struggling for the next few years. Let him mature and, and get good and, and hope that we can keep a run going here because you guys are too young. I was around for the 1980s after Bradshaw and before Ben. We sucked. We had nobody for 25 years and it was a, pulling your hair out like can't we get anybody i mean we passed on marino and, and passed on so many guys and and just we were just so mediocre and it's it's a horrible position to be in if you don't have that quarterback always good when we have pat rooney jr on our airwaves here and we are at the nfl draft party pbkc paddock restaurant uh i, I want to real quick talk about uh the the setup here before we dive into a little bit more football and uh, and we wrap this paddock restaurant is absolutely beautiful it's been a while since i've been in this part of uh, of pbkc but man it, it is it really is remarkable what you guys have done here in the transition out of the dogs into a new era i'm sure it's been tough and then the pandemic didn't make things any easier at all but this is still very much open for business you guys are offering a lot here yeah i mean you know we're going to and we're going to continue to evolve and make some changes in here to really i think take advantage of you know a nice trackside view you've got a nice sure. pond out there with a fountain and if you want to have like a chamber meeting or you know a wedding reception or whatever mm-hmm. this room really lends itself to being a unique spot in Palm Beach County because not many places have tiered seating, number one. But with the TVs and, you know... Every uh, table has its own TV. And what we're going to do, really, with the sound, audio, lighting, all kinds of stuff that are going to be coming in here very shortly. And then if we're lucky enough to actually get the sports betting that we think was just passed last Friday, uh, this room really is going to be, I think, a hub of activity and uh, excitement which we think can almost surpass dog racing uh, in the very near future. And Saturday, you're going to have the Kentucky Derby party here. You're going to have a Churchill Downs-esque look on the track there, and you're going full out for it. So, uh, by the way, make sure to, uh, to go to pbkennelclub.com, find out information on that. But Churchill Downs, that Kentucky uh, Derby party Saturday is going to be big time. So it's not just NFL draft. You guys are transitioning right into that this week. Yeah, we got the Derby coming up in a couple of days. And like you said, it's it's. I'm hopeful we're going to get five to 6,000 people out here awesome uh if we can no Sunfest this year so we're trying to get those folks that might have been going to that and uh we got mother's day the week after that and then maybe some comedy stuff in here oh, cool. uh, during june and july so you never know what we got planned we don't even know but <laughs> we're gonna keep trying and like i said keep evolving and keep we're going to throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks. I'm just going to hang out here and not leave because there's a lot say. of stuff. Josh Cohen and the home team are going to be here tomorrow. I'm not leaving. I'm staying. You're, you're more than welcome. we got stuff pretty much for the next 36 to 48 hours. So. <laughs> and uh, we won't dive into it here, but if you check on the uh, the podcast, Evan Cohen podcast, uh, he had Pat Rooney Jr. on last week and per- the potential of some uh, on-site sports betting as well here. Florida can finally get its act together and get that thing through. So this could be some exciting times at, uh, at PB. BKC already is. That would enhance it that much more. Uh, earlier when we were doing the regular show at noon, we talked about the Dolphins. I firmly believe that yes, there's the Niners conversation, what happens at quarterback, and now there's the Aaron Rodgers connection, but on its face, 
The Dolphins might be the most fascinating team at six with the most fascinating pick tonight because you don't know if Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts are going to be there now. Kyle Pitts, I think, would be the crown jewel, but I just I don't think Atlanta is, is going to pass up that opportunity. Um, so then you have a decision to make. Do you get... Devontae Smith, who the last time we saw him uh, broke his finger in the national championship game. Undersized questions there. Uh, Or you have Jalen Waddle, who was literally waddling in that (laughs) national championship game with injury. Or do you go Penny Sewell and take a tackle, which I don't think Dolphins fans would be particularly thrilled with, even if he's a great player, or you trade down. The Dolphins might be the the best storyline, the the juiciest storyline tonight. I think you just hit the nail on the head with all those... uh potential picks or or moving down they do have a lot of flexibility in that spot and it's good flexibility they they're not i don't believe the dolphins are going to take a quarterback so they're not in that market they have they're going to have a wide range of receivers to pick if they want that they might have the best offensive lineman in the draft if they want to go that route you're right it's not a sexy pick but trust me if you could get a guy that's going to be locked in there for 10 to 12 years and, and it's going to, you know, that guy never gets hurt. He's always playing. I, I, I think, you know, yeah, the fans might not like it, but man, oh man, that really firms up a, a big part of your defensive line question. So you're right. Or if they wanted to trade down, a lot of those same players, might depending on how far they go yeah, down, are still going to be there. Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the line thing, it just it changes your team. And again, I'm going to go back to being a Jets fan as a team. When they got to Brickshaw Ferguson and Nick Mangold, that's when they started to be good when Antonio came and joined the team. But you needed those pieces. You need the you need the strong guys up front. And I think that, you know, real quick on the Jets, I think that's a, that was an issue with Sam Darnold. He didn't, you know, the, the line for the Jets is okay, but if, if they had a really, really good line, then I would have liked to have seen what Darnold truly could have done. He was running around there half the time and, and di- didn't really have a running game to support anything he could do. Now, maybe a change of venue is going to help him, but – I mean, if you're going to invest in that quarterback like Cincinnati did uh, with Burrow, you've got you've got to protect the guy. You again, you you could be Dan Marino back there if if he's not able to have some time to throw the ball. It's not going to matter how good you are. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, we are we are just about an hour away from the first pick, but the Dolphins coming up at six. That is fascinating. Is there going to be an Aaron Rodgers deal tonight? Who exactly are the 49ers going to take? Oh, this is going to be good. It's definitely going to be good. And what is good as well is PB Casey, Paddock Restaurant, their NFL draft party, and still a chance to come out. They are offering a chance to go to Vegas next year for the NFL draft. Tickets to Steelers home games and, oh, yeah, a buffet that has pierogies in it. Uh, so I'm headed there right in a couple of moments after I say goodbye. Drinks as well. Going to head up there, have a drink. Prune, thank you so much for hanging out with us. You're the best. Really appreciate you, Thank buddy. you. I really appreciate you guys coming out. I know this is the first time I think in a year you've been out. So I'm glad it was here, and I'm glad we were able to get this done. Yeah, no, it, it really is awesome, and the place looks absolutely great. Coquel, uh, tomorrow should be fun. We're going to have a good Ken Levicka live tomorrow at noon. I think there's going to be plenty for us to do. I'll be crying about something the Jets did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and speaking of, Zach Wilson right now on ESPN. Going to prom. Going to prom. He looks like he's 13 years old. I'm sure he'll do just fine in New York. That won't be overwhelming at all. Is that a sign of me becoming 40 and 40? Like I'm 41 years old now that everybody looks so young. I think everybody's just a kid. No, no. He looks like he's 8 years old, okay? Uh, He's got a clip-on bow tie. Uh, Coquel, I'm Ken Levick. We'll be back tomorrow at noon here on ESPN 106.3. This has been Ken Levick Alive from PBKC for the NFL Draft on ESPN West Palm. Good night, everybody.